Parashat Mishpatim is this week's Torah portion. Last week, of course, was the giving of the Ten Commandments, Mount Sinai, very exciting Torah portion, and sometimes a cursory reading of this week's Torah portion may seem a little anticlimactic when compared to last week's Torah portion. Although a closer look will reveal that there are some treasures in there, and so we're going to look a little deeper at one of them this morning. We know the Torah is full of wisdom, lots of little treasures waiting to be found. This week's Torah portion begins in Shemot or Exodus, chapter 21, and there is a whole variety of various laws and commandments that, well, sometimes seem a little legislative or, frankly, you know, not the most exciting content in there, but certainly very necessary um, about people fighting, about things being stolen, about various um, damages. And so it's quite a, uh, covers a lot of material, a lot of different subjects. But in chapter 23, there's some odd wording. Chapter 23 begins with uh, a few verses here that when you think about it, sound a little odd. Um, Exodus 23, verse 1 says, Do not spread a false report. Do not join hands with the wicked by becoming a malicious witness. Do not follow a crowd to do evil. Now, that sounds like very practical advice, but they were just given the Torah, supposed to be a holy people, priest to the nations. You would think the Lord wouldn't have to provide advice like don't follow the wrong crowd in the midst of all these other wonderful mitzvahs to make them a holy people. It seems a bit odd to me that should be something the Torah shouldn't have to tell us and be common sense. But of course, it is a clue that Hashem knows our human tendencies and is going to remind us of that. Um, that sort of tipping of the hand continues a few verses later. Um, verse 4 says, If you find your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you must surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of the one that hates you lying down under its burden, do not leave it. Rather, you are to release it with him. Now, the Torah doesn't qualify why you have an enemy or why people hate them which again seems a bit odd. I mean, are these enemies, people from far away, like Canaanites or somebody, or the people that hate them could these be, you know, Amalekites, some people that live in faraway lands? Or are these people that are very near, neighborly to them, that compose these enemies and these people that hate them? It just seems a bit odd. They should all be one big happy family, right? Well, sometimes... Our enemy and those that hate us are not such far-off people, but very close to home. Hashem knows our tendencies and the things that we sort of develop. We participate in enemies and hatred sometimes, even by our own actions. I know there's a rabbi, I was listening to him um, earlier. His name was Abraham Tversky, of blessed memory. He died a few years ago. 
he deals a lot with enemies and anger and um, rage, resentment. He was a, uh, uh, he taught psychology at the University of Pittsburgh and worked a lot with people in rehab from substance abuse. Very interesting work. So a lot of his teachings are Torah infused with lessons from psychology and stuff that he learned working with these patients. Very interesting sort of commentary how he talks about people that are estranged to family members, coworkers, and how to deal with enemies and um, those that hate them. And of course, some things you can't do anything about, but you certainly um, learn to control your actions and deal with resentment later. And this is sort of some steps here we're reading in Torah on how to help heal that, how to do that. Hashem knows our tendencies, and built into Torah is how to overcome some of those tendencies. But are these verses really just about a donkey? I mean, the Peshat reading, the plain reading is, if there's an enemy there, somebody that hates you, you have to help him unload his donkey. That would be the plain reading of the verse. However, the sages like to deep a little deeper into the deeper meanings. And in the Talmud, there's a discussion. If there's, you have two friends, two people, and they both have a donkey. One needs to be loaded up, the other needs to be unloaded. Who do you help first? Well, you help unload the donkey first because this, the donkey's job is done, shouldn't have to put any undue stress upon the donkey, and so you learn ethics about being kind to animals. And so they press a little further they say, okay, well, what if there is an enemy, like in the, we read in this Torah portion, if an enemy needs his donkey unloaded and one of your best friends needs his donkey loaded up, which do you do? Well, of course, Torah says you have to unload, so you want to uh, be kind to the animal and relieve the animal of its burden. Then they really press into it a little more with an interesting take. They say, what if you have a really good friend and his donkey needs to be unloaded and you have an enemy who needs uh, the burden to be loaded onto his donkey, who do you help? And the Talmud says you help the enemy load up his donkey. And that's like, well, wait a second, that's weird. That goes against all the rules that they had just been saying about being kind to animals and unloading the burden off the donkey. They turn that around when it comes to the enemy and the friend. Seems a little backwards, but it's not hard to imagine putting yourself in that situation and the amusement and the satisfaction you might have as you help your friend unload his donkey and you're watching your enemy sweat in the hot sun trying to load his donkey up. You get some sort of maybe amusement and satisfaction out of that. That's where the evil inclination comes in. That's why the sages say, you should help your enemy because helping the enemy weakens the yetzahara, the evil inclination. These laws are a little bit more than just donkeys. The greater lessons are built in about how we interact with our enemies and often our enemies are people very close to us sometimes and how that process is healthy to us and beneficial to us spiritually. Yeshua taught a similar message 
Um, in Matthew chapter 5, a lot of the same content from this week's Torah portion is in Matthew chapter 5. Near the end, there's a lot of just stuff that is almost verbatim from this week's Torah portion in uh, Matthew chapter 5, of course. You have heard it said, this is verse 38, you have heard it said, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? That's Parashat Mishpatim. But I tell you, do not resist an evildoer, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him also the other. Now you hear a lot of objections about this verse, saying, well, if I was being attacked, I wouldn't just let the person attack me. Well, just like the example in Parshat Mishpatim might not be all about the donkey, this might not be all about the slap. Now, certainly the Peshat, the plain reading of this, is something that Yeshua experienced and went through himself when he was attacked and had his clothes stolen from him as he gave his life for ours. And there's people who give their lives in his name all over the world heeding these words. But the context here is loving our enemies, getting along with our enemies. While self-defense is certainly a biblical principle, if you really think about this a little bit, the pointing of turning the cheek and the donkey isn't really the point. The point is to show mercy and forgiveness to our enemies. What does this look like, practically speaking? The enemies I'm talking about could be in the workplace when we are being gossiped against or an estranged family member lashes out to us or at us. How do we react to that? Because most of us don't get attacked by our enemies physically. Just that's not a common occurrence, at least here in West Michigan. Most of these attacks are emotional attacks and attacks of uh, lashing out. And that's something that is easier to turn the cheek to, accepting these things and displaying the love and patience that our Messiah displayed. It's not easy. It never is. Our evil inclination wants us to react in some way, to give in to the temptation of righteous anger, defending ourselves when something wrong is said about us. But that's not what Yeshua teaches us, and that's not some of the lessons that we find in Torah either. Parashat Mishpatim teaches many mitzvot, and there is a risk sometimes of getting lost in the commandments and losing sight of the overall purpose of Torah observance. It's sort of like being so enamored with all of these mitzvahs that you lose sight of the forest for the trees. It's the spirit working within us, changing our hearts, that must be the motivation behind mitzvot. As representatives of Yeshua, us being light to the world, we are closely watched, especially those of us in this movement. So we need to pray that our intentions are right and pray that the Spirit leads us in our actions, that they be righteous and merciful, and that we be shown to be um, proper, diligent students and Talmudim of our Master Yeshua. Let us be diligent, of course, in the study and in the words of Moses, but also let us be faithful in displaying the love of Yeshua, our King and our Redeemer. May he return soon and in our days. Shabbat Shalom.